It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Line. Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts and Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. Well, will we or won't we, that's the big question, have ice on our lakes for opener next weekend? We'll whip you around some of the more popular fishing opener destinations across the state and see if they have ice now or have opened up or will have ice next weekend. Plenty of turkey talk on this week's show. We've had some people out in the field with some success. They'll talk some tactics heading into the heart of the turkey season and another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we kick off the show, as we always do, with our local uh, lake and field report, brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleyes, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine, a must-stop, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. Shout out to Malax, get the report out there. Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. And Steve, really, it's kind of interesting on the show this week that we're not really going to talk fishing reports. Uh, we're basically wondering with the opener next weekend, ice or no ice is going to be the big theme on the show this week. So I guess we'll start on Malax. Uh, a lot of people obviously like to use Malax as an opening destination spot. What can you tell us? Are the bays opening up? The main lake, do you think we're going to be okay next week or is it still too hard to tell? It's still too hard to tell. I mean, we've got the beautiful weather and the wind that's breaking up that ice pretty good. But the main lake still has ice out there. The bays are opening up pretty decent. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be a tough call, my friend. If anything, if you want to fish Malax, concentrate on fishing in the bays. And I know you guys want to go for walleyes and everything. There's plenty of walleyes in the bays. You've got everything in the bays. In fact, this time of year, I'm going to be concentrating on going after those crappies instead of the walleyes. You know, hit the crappies early in the morning and then go after some pike in the bays. Maybe float a sucker underneath a bobber. I love that type of fishing. Or cast around some spinner baits. You know, we'll be catching them. The thing is, the water temperature, Brian, that's the main thing. Is everything going to be going? That's a tough call, especially with ice out there. It's not as warm as it should be. We're, we're at least, you know, six, seven, eight degrees, if not more colder now than we were the last how many years during the opener so that's going to be a tough call how does that colder water obviously we kind of know how what that does to walleyes it really makes them lethargic and sluggish for crappies is it the same thing or crappies maybe don't care as much I don't think they care as much this time of year. They want to get going to the spawn and everything. They've got to have that coming in. They're waiting for the right water temperature, you know. So right now, Mother Nature tells them to get into the bays and to get ready for the spawn when the water temperature warms up. Uh, They're in there. The trick is trying to get them to bite, and that's going to be, you know, the key. Again, that's fishing. That's why they call it fishing instead of catching. But it's going to play havoc with everything. I think, you know, unless we get a huge, huge warm-up, things are going to be behind a little bit yet. How far? A week or two? I don't know. That's just it. We've talked before on the show, Steve, about shore fishing on Mille Lacs, uh, and you have said people should not snooze on that because there are a lot of great places around Mille Lacs that you can fish from shore, and it would be fun to take the kids for that if you can't get out there on opener. 
Oh, most definitely. There's a ton of places. In fact, a lot of resorts have no problem. If you ask me, do you mind if I take my kids off from your dock and cast around for a while? A lot of the resorts are very cooperative. They'll help you out. There's a lot of public, you know, piers out there, too. You can go out there and have fun. Uh, Father Hennepin, you can stand, you know, go on to the side of, from the side of the road into that back bay there. And my goodness, uh, my kids and I, we caught everything from crappies, sunfish, walleyes, northerns. In fact, one gentleman got a 58-inch muskie over there in Isle Bay opening weekend is about three, four years ago. So there's a lot that can be happening from shore. You know, doesn't mean you have to take the boat out, just get out, have fun. Absolutely. One last thing, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking crappies, but one of the things you like to target on opener is those big pike in Mille Lacs, Steve. With the colder temperatures and the colder water temperatures out there, how's that going to affect the pike and how would you go after them? That's a great question, Brian. I think with the colder water temperatures, it's going to be a little tough. Throwing spinner baits, yeah, we're going to tie into some. But if I was to go after the big, big pike, I would soak a nice, lively sucker minnow about 10 inches long, not more than 18 inches off the bottom. Sit in one spot. Let them come cruising to you. You know, fish anywhere that has bulrushes. Hit the points of the bulrushes, the inside turns. There is a spot in Cove Bay. I'm not going to give the exact location away, but uh, a good buddy and I, we've taken pike up to 17, 18 pounds on a sucker minnow opening day, and that's a blast anywhere. You live in the St. Cloud area, Steve. Obviously, uh, Mille Lacs is where you guide, and you have a cabin on Mille Lacs, and that's where your home base is, but you live in the St. Cloud area. Some of those lakes around that area, Steve, and north to Mille Lacs, but kind of in that in-between St. Cloud and even south of there, are they opening up a little bit more, Steve, or is it kind of the same story as Mille Lacs? It's, uh, they're opening up a little bit more. The water is a long ways from shore, so you're going to see a lot of people hugging the shoreline around here. But on the bigger lakes that are around the St. Cloud area, there's still ice out there, but it's going quick. That's the beauty of it. It's going quick. These lakes aren't as big as Mille Lacs, and so the ice will be taken off here real quick, maybe altogether by opener. It's a tough call. If, you know, we get those warm evenings as a key. We need that. And right now, we've only had one decent warm evening with wind, so it's going to be interesting to see to say the least. What about those smaller lakes around Mille Lacs that you like to hit, especially for panfish and crappies, uh, early ice or early open water, I should say, Steve? Um, are they in pretty decent shape or haven't you had a chance to check them out? You know, the ones I have checked out, they're not looking too bad, but I'm afraid we're still going to have ice on a lot of these smaller lakes by next weekend, you know, up around Mille Lacs. And I love hitting those small lakes for panfish. If I can't get on Mille Lacs, I'm definitely going to be hitting some of those smaller ones, too. Uh, it's it's tough, Brian. Like I said, it's just with this weather the way it has been and everything, I know there's at least, you know, a good 18 inches of ice, you know, floating around on a lot of those small lakes yet, and that makes it tough. There you go. Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check Steve out, PredatorGuideService.com. And all through the spring and summer, Steve will be giving us the uh, Mille Lacs Lake Report. I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Quick little side note. If you are wondering about a specific lake as to whether or not they have ice or ice out already, uh, the DNR has got a really, really nice chart that they have set up with graphs. It's all color-coded as to when they think if it already has ice out or when they think it's going to happen, and it's updated daily. So if you want to check it out, uh, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, very front of the homepage on the left-hand side. You'll see a tab there. It says DNR Ice Out Chart. Just click on that. And as I said, they update that daily. So you can check that out right up until fishing opener. When we come back, uh, Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, has got the Up North Report. Many wondering about lakes up that way, Red, Bemidji, Cass, Matt's got the latest there, also talked some turkey, and he was up uh, last weekend doing a little sturgeon fishing on Rainy River. He'll talk about that when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors.
Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Let's head up north for the Up North Report. We bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. And I had a lot of people this week wanting to know what Matt was thinking. I'm like, I didn't have a chance to talk to him yet because people, Matt, they have got the itch for open water next weekend for the big opener. But a lot of people wondering, especially north of the Brainerd area where you're at, there's a lot of destination lakes up the way that way, like Lake Bemidji, Red Lake, Cass, Winnie. What can you tell us, your gut feeling, Matt, and where you're at right now? Do you think it's going to be fishable or touch and go still? It's it's going to be close on a lot of the big waters, I think. Some of the smaller lakes around here did open up. There are going to be lakes that are for sure 100% fishable. Um, you know, some are already open as we speak. And then the bigger bodies of water, it, it all depends on if we get warmth and wind. You know, it's it's still not really that that hot yet <laughs> so i i think bemidji um if not bemidji irving i think will be a possibility and then uh cast i am doubting you're going to be able to fish all of cast but but a lot of the chain i think will be open like uh, andrusia and kitchy um i i thought i heard that andrusia already opened up so there are a few um and it it was mainly due to the wind we had that wind breaking everything up and it really wreaked havoc. If we would have gotten that rain, I would be very, very optimistic, but we we hardly got anything. It was like a mist up here. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be close on the big bodies of water, but but like I said, if people are coming up this way, you, can, you don't have to change your plans. You just might have to uh, adapt to a different little lake. And by little, I don't mean tiny. Uh, some of the bigger ones are open, just just not the, the main bodies like, like Bemidji. And I haven't heard anything on red. And uh, last I saw, Winnie was still locked up. Uh, Leech, a few people looked like were getting out, um, but but it was just you know open pockets here and there. And then Cass, kind of the same thing. There's open shorelines and open areas that a person could maybe squeak into, um, but we'll see what happens here. The ice is really really broken up and and uh, full of full of water, so it's just a matter of time until until it goes. So I haven't like actually gone and looked at a lake to to pay attention to what the water levels look like. Um, but I would guess they got to be low. I mean, we have zero rain basically since the snow melted. We've, we've gotten zero precip. Like I said, we got a little bit of mist, but before that, the only precipitation we had was snow. So, um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of it. So, you know, things are starting to green up, but, but we could sure use, sure use some rain. And I know the lakes have been low the last couple of years. So, um, I, I would love like a week straight of just nonstop rain. So, and to give people maybe a little positive peace of mind, if they're still wondering uh, about next weekend, are you seeing a few anglers on some of those smaller bodies of water out crappie fishing now? Matter is basically everybody kind of in a holding pattern right now. No, I think everybody's in a holding pattern. I have not heard of or seen anyone out. Um, I would guess today um, that one of the lakes that I know opened up. Um, which is also a really good crappie lake. I, I guarantee people will be out there today. Um, I might even drive by there and check it out, but I got to take my daughter turkey hunting today too. So, <laughs> um, so it's a matter of time, but, uh, but I, I would guess people will be doing that today. So, um, you know, today it kind of starts that. And then, you know, we've got a week of, of waiting and seeing what's going to happen. And, and, uh, and hopefully people can get out and at least get some fishing in. Before opener here, um, there are some crappie lakes open, like I said, 
and the suckers are finally running, so uh, there are things to do. There you go. So a little peace of mind for you as we get closer and closer or a week away from fishing opener. Uh, let's talk turkeys, Matt. You mentioned you got to take your daughter hunting. Uh, a lot of people are out in the woods doing that right now and in the fields. Uh, and you had a little luck uh, here this past week. Yeah, my my season opened up and I only had a few days to hunt. I got to sit one morning and I screwed up on a bird uh, and tried to make him move on a few others. But during my season it was so windy um i was season b so if you remember those those winds last week it was like 25 30 mile an hour gusts makes it pretty hard for a turkey to hear you um and it it drops your confidence level pretty quickly but uh but i was actually able to find a bird out in uh, a large pasture or, or old field that was pretty trampled down and uh and i actually got to put a reap on a bird um I've tried it several times with very limited success. Um, one other time we were able to, to get close, but we didn't, didn't get to finish. And, uh, and this one came charging and shot him at 11 steps. So it was a really cool experience and definitely something now I have some confidence in and I'm going to keep that going um, and hopefully try some more of that in, in the years to come. But, but I've still got Tate has a tag and a broken foot, so <laughs> so that that presents challenges all its own. And then hopefully my daughter can can shoot one tonight, and then and then I got to fly, and then I come back and work for a couple of days, and then I got to fly again. So it's going to be really tight trying to get Nikki Tate and Nora birds, but uh, but we're going to try to do it. How did you go about? You mentioned you know hunting in that wind is tricky, Matt. Uh, did you have decoys out? Did you? You know, did you do anything special calling to to have the success you had? Well, the the first morning I had a bird coming in, but he was just he was coming in so slowly, and then um, he went silent, and I made the mistake. I sat for like forty minutes and hadn't heard anything out of him, and I was starting to get antsy, and and actually stood up, and when I stood up to leave, um, here he was walking toward me, and he was about eighty yards out. And he was off to my left, and I couldn't see him through through the brush that I was sitting up against because I expected him to come from straight ahead of me. And he had kind of looped around and followed the edge of the field. But but early in the morning, you know, it's it's not nearly as windy as it is during the middle of the day typically. So that morning, I I was able to hear a bunch of birds. I think I struck up six different gobbles. Um, so I had I had six different birds working, but uh, but that one came in and. <laughs> Yeah, just totally screwed it up, stood up, and and said bye bye, and then uh, and then as I started trying to work some other birds, that wind just made it impossible. I mean, yeah, I know you can do it. You get in some of the the timber, you get in the pines, and and you're gonna be pretty dang close. Um, you know, if you're gonna hear a gobble. So if you do strike up a gobble on a windy day like that, your chance your chances are pretty darn good because it means that they're nice and close. But uh, but I didn't I didn't have anything else work the rest of that day and then the following following morning is when I reaped that bird and and for those who don't know what reaping is you basically I have a decoy set up with a real turkey fan and it's a large enough profile so that I can somewhat hide behind it but uh, turkeys this time of year they get tunnel vision they have two things on their mind which are mating and uh, and fighting or territory protection and. Uh, and I was invading this Tom's territory, and like I said, he came running, looking for a fight, and uh, 
and he found one, but he lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I would think now, Matt, they're they're not grouped up anymore. These toms are kind of off on their own. There are some birds that are that are still grouped up. Um, I've been watching one group. Um, there's like 35, 40 birds in it, and they're still hanging out together. And there's a pile of hens in there, and I'm guessing that's you know it's more it's more of just uh, they haven't totally broken up. Um, due due to the amount of hens that are with them, so they're just kind of hanging together in, until they start to you know break apart due to dominance. But um, but for the most part, I'm seeing birds broken up. This afternoon, um, just right by my house here, I watched a hen walk across the road, and she was all by herself. And and uh, seeing a lot of that onesie twosies, I'm getting uh, pictures on the camera of like two hens and a tom. So they've they've broken up pretty well and. As we progress here, it's just going to keep getting better. And as the hens go to nest here in the next week or two, it's it's just going to get better and better after that too. So, so that's something for turkey hunters to keep in mind. Uh, one last thing, back to fishing, Matt. You spent a little time. Uh, it was kind of a quick trip for you, but spent a little time up on Rainy River uh, sturgeon fishing. How'd that go? Well, it was even quicker than I hoped it would be. I was we left early in the morning and we were going to fish until dark, and we ran out of crawlers at like 3:30 in the afternoon so <laughs> uh, so it was good enough that we that we burned through a, an entire bag of crawlers which is good and bad i mean we didn't get to enjoy the rest of the day and we were up up there on just an absolute gorgeous day it was like 58 and, and sunny and calm uh, and i think we ended up with 14 fish and we had two two tagged fish which you know that jewelry is always a big bonus and something cool to to report and, and get the reports back on and see what the fish were like and something interesting about it um the one tagged fish was had been tagged four years prior and it had only grown 3.4 inches or 3.7 inches i'm sorry and the other fish had been tagged the year prior and that fish had only grown 0.6 inches so that tells you how slowly they grow and it brought forth a whole new respect for you look at a 70 incher and uh <laughs> they, they they don't grow very fast so it, it it brings a whole new respect to to those bigger fish but but it was really good and everything i've been seeing from anglers who've been up buddies who've been up um the fishing is still really good for for sturgeon so if you can get a calm day you're going to do very very well so a lot of boats the day i was up there actually were not a lot of boats um i went on a friday and then when I left the access, you know, I noticed you know, we were bobbing and weaving through a, a pile of boats going back. But, but I actually uh, broke through some chunk ice and went up into an area where there was nobody else, and we had it all to ourselves for the first two hours. And then, and then the boats slowly started to trickle in as the ice was was going past us and clearing out. Um, and then, like I said, when I was going back to the access, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> there's there's a lot more people now." And then. I had buddies up the following two days, and they said it was an absolute zoo. So, typical weekends, um, you know, they get really busy on the weekends. But, uh, but that that Friday morning was was nice and quiet. So there you go. It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check Matt out a variety of ways, but one way to link up to all his social media is just go to his website, northcountryguides.com. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, good luck. I know you got some traveling to do here in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we'll check in next week for the big uh, fishing opener special, and fingers crossed we'll be able to get out on the water. Sounds good. All right, when we come back, we'll talk more turkey. Our turkey expert, Rollin Hill, will drop by. He's been hunting all over the state this past week. We'll see how things have gone for him when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors. 
Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And we continue to talk turkey here on the show. Uh, we're pretty much into the throws now of the spring turkey season. Now, obviously, next week we'll be full-blown wall-to-wall fishing. But uh, one more time, I wanted to bring in Rollin Hill. He's kind of our, our turkey expert uh, on the show, Rollin, welcome back to uh, Brainerd Outdoors. Thank you. Good to be here. It's been a it's been a great couple of weeks out in the Turkey Woods. That's for sure. It looks that way because you are basically fresh off of a pretty successful hunt earlier today, and kind of a unique bird. So tell us about it. What happened this morning is we were we had our kind of our mind set up on another bird that we had located yesterday, and of course, as they do anywhere around here, they're not going to cooperate day to day. So that bird was gone which forced us to go down the road about another mile or two to another piece of public land, which we all, that's all I do is hunt public land, no private land. I, I stay off private land and don't even ask for access. And we found, uh, we heard a, we heard a Tom and it was actually on some private land. And then we decided to pursue it. And we were actually trying to get a bird for my nine-year-old great nephew. And I just had, I just figured I'd get a license and I would back him up and, well, that bird decided to come, but then he hung up on us like they always do, and he just wouldn't come, wouldn't come, wouldn't come. And then he got behind me, and my nephew was left-handed, so there was really no way he could do anything. And I looked at my his dad, and he said, shoot it. So I turned and and was able to call him in. And he was hung up, like I said, and, and he was at about 60 yards. And I got real aggressive with the putts and purrs and scratching the leaves and and it seemed like he came right in but on the way in he strutted and i was able to see it and this bird was actually blonde phased his tail feathers real and his wings are super light if you look on facebook on my facebook Rolland hill you can see him uh maybe brian you can share him uh share that post and and just an absolute gorgeous bird i would had the pressure to to, to mount him, but I, I decided I would do uh, the wings and the fan. Just didn't quite have the spur length. It was about a you know three-quarter inch spur. It was like a two-year-old bird, but um, beautiful bird. None to say I've never shot one like this. Haven't hardly ever seen many like this. And I guess sometimes it's lucky. Sometimes luck's on your side, and that it was definitely this morning. A couple things on this, Rollin. First of all, if you do want to check the bird out, as Rollin said, you can check out his Facebook page, uh, Brian Moon uh, Facebook page. You can check that out, as well as the Brainerd Outdoors uh, Facebook page. With that color being as different as it was, Rollin, is that just a different strain of, of bird, or is it almost like an albino deer? You know, I think it's a phase color. I, I, I think I've seen blonde. They call them blonde phase or, or cinnamon phase. It might even be more of a cinnamon phase. Maybe that's the... I've been using blonde all day, but it might even be more cinnamon. It's kind of reddish. Um, it almost matches my wife Kay's hair, but um, <laughs> it, it's you don't see them like that. It's an eastern wild turkey, but if anybody's ever looked at the Rio Grande turkeys, they're really light colored. This one almost looks like it. Um, of course, he's not. He's an eastern bird. He's wild bird, um, but it's really impressive looking at the colors of it and what it is. So. I think I've also read the one in a hundred, one in a thousand like this, or, or whatever it is. It's they're they're pretty rare. They're also uh, they're just it's a beautiful bird. It's just a beauty. That's for sure. Now you had mentioned Rollin that it had hung up on you, and I've had that happen. And it just and I'm sure many hunters have it where they just lock up. And you don't usually use decoys or anything. You mentioned that last week. 
what did you do to get him to commit? Because sometimes I think hunters can make a pretty big mistake when that happens, and I'm sure I've done it. Well, we really go quiet and let that tom try to work its way in quiet, or if he's gobbling, just let him come naturally because, again, we're not using any decoys, especially where we're at in the woods. And and I'm not against decoys. It's just we elect to do it just because, or I elect to do it just because I, I just like the, it's a little more of a challenge for me to do it that way. But what's happening is, and we had it happen with my oldest son. My youngest son shot a bird Saturday morning. My oldest son, who has shot a lot of birds, we chased after probably six, seven different toms from Saturday morning to Sunday morning. And every single one hung up at 60, 70 yards, and we couldn't get them in. And we tried everything. And this morning, what happened is the same thing happened for the longest time. And I, did, I didn't change my tactic. I would putt and purr with my call and then scratch the leaves on the ground and get fairly aggressive with him when he's at the last moment to come in. Uh, get aggressive with him, and, and hopefully they, he, would, he would come in. And it, ha- and it works 20% of the time, and luckily it did work this time, and he came right in. Yeah, the big mistake I think I made because I, when I've had him lock up is you overcall. Yeah, and that's what we didn't do this morning because they didn't leave us. There was two toms there actually. They didn't leave us, so the ones that we had problems with this weekend, they left because they had hands. Well, these ones didn't have hands. So if they don't have hands, well, we heard hands, but it just didn't appear like they didn't have it on with them. So. That's what usually will happen is if their hands are really tough to get in. We're going to talk a little bit, Rollin, about uh, what you call the U, which I thought was a really interesting when you were on last year with us, uh, explaining how this whole turkey cycle works. Because you and I were talking off air, when the beginning of the turkey season started, they were all pretty much uh, grouped up. And you were saying that once that snow melted, they basically fell right in line as to where they should be right now. You know, everything... Two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, we had a, some places two feet of snow in our southern regions of our turkey uh, hunting around here. And they were really still in their groups, mainly because they couldn't move. They couldn't get to places where they wanted to go. So they were starting to break up, but they were not really broke up. Then we had this beautiful weather and this great melt, and they just dispersed. And then they got to their places, and as I was talking earlier with you, if they're like good little students, they all got to their desk and they stayed there, and then they just wait for us to come. And, and they and and some listen and some don't. Uh, and, and, but they uh, they really did that, and now they're there, and it's really relatively normal right now. The hens are all ready. There's a ton of birds in the woods. It's really fun right now. I anticipate, as I said, the U. We're still in that upper part of the U. Uh, going probably going to start going in a downward spiral here probably within the next week or so. Where it might even get tougher, where everything is locked with a hen, including some of those subordinate toms that I talk about, meaning two-year-old birds. They'll even be with hens. Everything will be locked up, and and it'll be it'll start getting more difficult until the end of the season when the breeding is done, and then that is really good because a lot of toms are moving around. A lot of toms are trying to find what that one last hand and that can be as good it is as it is right now so i think it's gonna the the bottom of that u is is delayed somewhat what it's been the years before just because of the weather and usually this 
first part of May, it's usually slow. Haven't seen it be slow yet. But I anticipate if we talk next week or the week after, I'll be saying, you know what? It really got tough now because everything is locked down with them. So. And by the way, that's really just, I, I don't know. I've never really seen anybody else put it that way. I, I, maybe they have, but that's just my observation in the woods, mine only. And it's, I just use that as a guide. And, and kind of go by that. So it's it's just, this is my opinion of it, and I think that's the way it seems to work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, people can go out, make a call, and the birds come running in, and great, they shoot them, and, and they have a great time. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, but until you've called, you know, hundreds of toms, add hundreds of toms, and experienced everything, you, you kind of figure out all this stuff at, over time with just experience and it's a fun sport it's such a great sport and i encourage everybody to get into it because there's so many birds now grab their grab your phone download the onyx app o-n-y-x app go find public land go north of brainer north of crosby uh go to the state public land drive those back roads get out and listen in the mornings at 5:30. listen for a tom start and go after him have some fun. That bird you shot, Rollin, on public land, whereabouts was that at, or don't don't you want to share one of your better spots? <laughs> Most people know where I'm at. You know, I have shared my spots, with, especially with my some of my friends. I said, go there, there's a bird there, and they won't believe me. <laughs> oh, you're lying to me. No, I'm not lying. There's a bird there, but you can go there now. And he'll, Like I said yesterday, there was a bird in this one spot. He was nowhere to be found this morning. That's the beauty of it. And then we go a half mile down the road, and then there is. But, you know, I hunt Aiken County. I hunt Bell Wing County. Um, I'll venture down into Mille Lacs County, and I will hunt Beltrami County. I will be hunting Beltrami County within the next week or so with some other friends. And again, we can't guide in Minnesota for money, but I always go out with friends. I got enough buddies out there and relatives and people that want to hunt with me, and I just like to go out and have fun. Yeah, you and, okay birds. you and I got to go out sometime, that's for sure. Well, the invitation's open. We'll hunt turkeys in the morning and go fish in the afternoon. I love that idea. Absolutely love that idea. It's Rollin Hill, and Rollin, if people want to follow you, obviously Facebook would be the best way to do that. Yes, Rollin Hill Facebook. I post a lot about hunting and not too much about anything else that happens in the world because this is how I live my life and what I think is important, and that's what I like to share. So, yeah, and if you got Rollin some Hill on Facebook, yep, you've got some questions. By all means, I'm sure Rollin will be more than happy to answer them for you. If you're kind of new to the turkey hunting experience, Rollin, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here. Uh, like I said, next weekend we're going to be wall to wall with the fishing opener, but uh, after that, I, I think you and I should talk again, and maybe as we get towards the end of the season, talk some late season tactics. If that's all right with you, yes, for sure. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. You're welcome, and and good luck out there. And we'll have more Brainerd Outdoors after this. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And time for our Hungry Hunter segment. We bring in Chef Joel with Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, as we always do. So you bring us a very interesting wild turkey recipe, wild turkey Florentine sandwiches. Yep, we're going the uh, sandwich route this time. I don't think we've made a whole lot of sandwiches, so... This, in my mind, is a good uh, a good afternoon, lunchtime, outside grilling sandwich. We're going to start off with uh, some bacon. Start cooking off some bacon in a large skillet. I like to use a nice thick-cut bacon. You need about eight slices. Go ahead and cook that down to as, as crispy as you like it. We'll take that off, put it on a paper towel, let the grease dry off a little bit. 
We're going to save that bacon grease, and we're going to just uh, saute up some onions, mushrooms, toss in a little bit of artichoke hearts, saute that together, cook it down a little bit, add in a little bit of fresh garlic. You can even splash a little bit of wine if you have it. It's not necessary, but if you got it around. So let that cook down just a little bit. Don't want to burn your garlic in there, but just want to get the vegetables nice and soft. And we'll kind of set that aside and just keep it nice and warm. See, here we are. We haven't even added the turkey yet, and I'm already, my mouth is already watering. So. <laughs> just onions and mushrooms. <laughs> All right. And we'll take our wild turkey breasts. Probably in about four of them. We're going to make four sandwiches. So season those up both sides. I just use a little salt and pepper, rub them down with a little bit of oil. We're going to toss those on the grill, nice medium-high grill. You know, cook them two, three, four minutes each side, depending on the thickness. Don't want to overdo it. And we'll just take those back inside, top them off with the uh, onions, mushrooms, artichoke hearts, add a little bit of cheese, provolone cheese on top, a little bit of bacon, and we're going to throw that on a ciabatta roll and toast it up and... Nice ciabatta roll. What a, what a good grill I was going to say, sandwich. you've outdone yourself already. And this is radio. I'm trying not to be. I'm, I'm being visual here. I'm just sitting here shaking my head. And <laughs> this sandwich sounds phenomenal. And like I said, before you even added the turkey, you had me hooked with just, uh, we got We got to add some spinach to that sandwich, so we've got the spinach. So but, are we uh, just adding things as we go along now? we go now. <laughs> well, if you want to give it a try, and I encourage you to do so, I know I will, uh, just head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. And then you can try Wild Turkey Florentine Sandwiches. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Good stuff, Joel. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. Now to put a wrap on this week's show, quick programming note for next weekend's show. We'll have an additional edition of Brainerd Outdoors Friday night at 7 here on B93.3 to get you set. The night before the fishing opener, a lot of people wondering, fingers crossed, will we have ice out on many of our lakes? It's going to be touch and go. So we'll have full lake reports from all across the state. We'll have a lot of guests with some expert opinion on what to do and maybe what not to do uh, heading into opener and the latest from the DNR. There's some changes in regulations, too. We'll have the latest for you on that. So that's a special edition of Branded Outdoors, 7 o'clock Friday night. And, of course, you can also catch the show 7 o'clock Saturday mornings, 7 o'clock Sunday nights, and 5 a.m. Monday mornings. You can stream it live if you're away from your radio or out of town, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the Listen Live tab. And, of course, a variety of ways to catch the show on demand. We'll have it posted on the website. In addition to uh, all podcast platforms, iTunes, Podcast One, Google Play, wherever you download podcasts, you can find Brainerd Outdoors that way as well. Also, check out our sponsors page on BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Links to all of their sites, and don't forget to give us a like on Facebook. We'll see you next weekend for our fishing opener special and another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, s W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Napa Auto Parts in Baxter, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Nielsen Hardware and RV, your Central Minnesota Ice Castle dealer, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.